Before I, Before I teach, can I, can I, can we talk? If I'm to ask you, what is the most, in all your life, you tell me from your personal experience, what is the most important lesson you have learned in life? What is the most important ingredient, as far as you are concerned? You don't have to give me, what, a perfect answer. But what do you think? If you look at your life, the most important quality that you think is very vital in life. Who wants to attempt it? Who wants to? It's okay to talk in church. Yes. Quickly. It's not the test. I'm just finding out. Maybe two of you. Yes. Raise your hands and just let me know. Yes. Ozzy. Humility. Thank you very much. Humility. Yes. Love. Wonderful. Okay. Yes. Being patient. Humility, love, and patience. Very, very important truths. I will tell you, let me use this one. Okay. Don't worry, it happens even with BBC and ITV, so uh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. All of you online, God bless you. And thank you for joining us as well. Okay, I will give you my my answer and explain why. Not that, like I said, not that your answer is wrong. Everybody has got his, isn't it? I give you my answer. Is that okay? What I think? You really want to know? <laughs> my answer is simple. Judgment. Judgment. Decisions. Because I believe you and I are where we are because of what? Our judgments and decisions. Even with love, humility, and what was the other one? Patience. You have to make judgment to do those things. And I always like to emphasize everything with scriptures. We are all suffering today because of somebody's judgment. Eve's judgment. Adam's judgment. You are where you are in your life, in your marriage, because of your judgments. What do I mean by judgments? The decisions what? That you make. I believe that is the most important thing in life. Because everything you do, you make judgments. And the judgments you make have got consequences to it. Eve decided to make a judgment, not to believe God, but to believe Satan. All through life, anybody you read about, including your own life and my own life, you are where you are and you'll be where you'll be tomorrow based upon your judgment. So your ability to make judgment is a very, very critical in life. Your ability of discernment to discern what is right and what is wrong is very critical. You can have peaceful home if right judgments are made. You can grow and be promoted at your workplace based upon your judgments that you make at your workplace. Your boss will like you or not dislike you based upon your judgments. And the same with children. Your judgments will determine whether your father will leave your inheritance or not. Do you know that? The judgments you make in life determine where you will end up. Everybody wants to go to heaven. But it's based upon your judgments. And the interesting thing about God is this. God allows you to make your own what? Judgment. He will interfere. He will tell you, I said before you, life and death. Blessing and curse, light 
and darkness. He tells his home, choose the one you want. And God said, I plead with you, choose life, choose blessing. But the people chose death and curses. You have nobody to blame. Are we here? I said, we are talking before I teach. If I don't teach, it's okay. You cannot blame anybody for where you are in life. I cannot blame anybody. I can't blame my wife. I can't blame anybody. I can't even blame God. Not even the devil. And all the devils from your house. You cannot blame them. It is you who makes the judgments. It is me who makes the judgments. And the judgments I make has got what? Consequences. For good or for bad. God said, you shall not eat this fruit. For the day you eat it, you shall surely die. Then comes another person and says, you will not die. God is lying to you. In fact, your eyes will be open. Life will be better for you. God doesn't want you to enjoy life. So you take it. And we know what happened. He flowed with her emotions. That is a problem we have. People flow with their emotions, not what is true. They make judgment based upon what they feel. True or not true? Is that not what happens in marriage? You either choose truth or you choose your emotions. Is that what happens at your workplace? You either get annoyed or you submit to your boss. True or not true? Hello, are we here? Are we talking? The same way, children. Your parents will bless you based upon how you respond to them. True or not true? You have a choice. And don't tell me because I feel this. Yeah, you feel you can go that way or decide I will not go upon how I feel but what is right. What is humility? What is love? What is patience? You decide to choose which one. Hallelujah. That is why there is power in the word of God if you will agree with God's word. God's word carry within itself the very seed of God himself to make things work. You can choose to go with God or choose to go with the devil or with your feelings. Most of the time we go with our feelings. We don't necessarily choose the devil. But by deception, we choose what we feel. And usually Satan knows human beings that they like what they feel more than what is right. Am I speaking? You know, they did an experiment, or sorry, a research in the United States. And they were trying to find out the idols that believers serve today. You know, we've got idols in our lives. Today, we don't go and bow before a tree or flowers and say, I'm worshiping you. And I can tell you, I'll give you one or two of them. No, number one idol that a lot of Christians have is convenience and self. Like those of you who are in bed who did not come to church instead of going to church. You want to stay at home and eat instead of coming to church. It's convenience. You're serving yourself. Anything that is inconvenience for believers, they wouldn't do. Yet they said, the Lord, he is God, and we worship. No, no, you are not worshiping. You are worshiping yourself. Anything that is inconveniencing today, people don't want to do, including children. I don't feel like it. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to eat the vegetables. I don't want to do this. And it's a curse. 
Because just like the Israelites worship Baal and Asherah, and it set God angry and he judged them, so is God bringing judgment on you and I because we serve our convenience and not God. Anything that encroaches on our inconvenience, inconvenience, why we say, no, I'm out of here. And because of that, we don't see the glory and the power of God. Even to come to church and lift your hands, you feel not convenient. I don't want to lift my hands because it doesn't look, I don't feel right. People will look at me. Yeah, you are worshiping self. It manifests in so many ways. You are making judgment. By the way, any time you are making judgment to lift your hands or not to lift your hands. And you, are, you have some information that makes you to make judgments. Never forget that. That is why you need extreme discernment. To discern what is right and what is wrong. Because if you don't discern right, hmm, you'll make wrong judgment. If you don't see right, you will do wrong. And the only way to be safe is in the word of God. Not what Pastor John says. Not what any, man, any woman says, but what God says. The final analysis is the final authority on all matters. Amen? That's why I don't care whether you saw Jesus or not. I want to know whether what you are doing, whether it's rooted in God's word or not. Are you here? If it's not rooted in the eternal word, but I would say we have a sure word of prophecy which is more than what people have seen. The word of God. For heaven and earth will pass away. But my word shall never. Jesus said, not even one tittle or door shall be removed from the word. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. For it is written. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. And thou shalt observe to do. Then you shall make your way prosperous. And thou shalt have success in life. You will make good judgment if the book of the law is hidden in your heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. So I can make right judgments. What judgments are you making about your life? What judgment do you make when you hear things? Is it God's word? How do you interpret or what glasses do you see through on every matter in life? Not just in church, please. I'm talking about everyday living. Because you're always making judgments. And the judgments you make can either bring you blessing, favor, goodness, or it can bring you things that you don't like. And the sad thing is that then you go and blame somebody else. Not everybody likes blaming everybody for their problem. It hasn't changed since Eve's time. You know, it hasn't changed. So you have to make judgment that from your life. And by the way, teach your children this. Teach them that they have nobody to blame. You must teach them from now. That the decisions they make. I remember I was talking to my daughter. I said, you have to study this. So I'm not going to do and I'm not going to study anymore. That's, that's, that's. So I said, well, from what basis are you making that decision? I said, don't speak like one of the fools. Because you don't know your 
what you are saying. If you, want, if you don't want to be a slave in life, then redraw that foolish statement for your own sake. So I took her for her work and gave her wisdom. Whether she would take it or not, it's her palaver. But when I'm dead, I'm going, she's living and she's suffering or enjoying based upon the decisions she's made. Even if God will not force her, we, we can't force our children, isn't it? We can only tell our children. They can obey. All this. I like God, you know. Even as pastors, you should never force anybody. Tell people the truth. They take it or they leave it. Amen? You can't live somebody's life for them. Teach people to make their own choices. But you must give people the tools how to make what? Judgments. Then when you put them anywhere, it's like our children. If they know how to make right, you put them anywhere, they'll be okay. You know that. If you teach them and give them the skills, how to decide and make decisions and choices, that is right. You've done. You are, you've done very well as a parent. Then you can trust them. But if you've not made their decision right, then you have to put a software on their phone to check what they are watching and what they are doing and just cross-check everything. <laughs> Am I speaking truth here? Judgment. You made a judgment to come to church today and somebody made a judgment to just be in bed. Not because they are ill or it's very important, but they decide they want to relax. I will watch online. It's a judgment call, isn't it? Hallelujah. So that was just a little bit of advice for you. Now let's get into God's word. The title of my message today is this. The Almighty is your help, so don't faint. The Almighty God is your help, so don't faint or don't give up. Go with me to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. And I read from the Amplified Bible. God is our refuge and strength. Do you believe that? I should have had an amen there. God is my refuge and strength. He did not say my bank account. He did not say my job. God is my refuge and strength. An ever-present help in times of trouble. Who has been through trouble before? Yes, but God is your present help when there's trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth is transformed and the mountains are toppled into the depths of the sea, though nuclear bombs and trouble and chaos are happening, I will not fear because the Lord is my refuge and strength. Though their waters roar and foam and the mountains quake, in the search, there is a river whose streams delight the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Nations rage. Kingdoms crumble. The earth melts when he lifts his voice. When God lifts his voice, all your adversaries and enemies will melt. All the challenges and obstacles in your life, the thing that is causing you to faint or want to fear, if God raises his voice, all of them will be quenched. 
Christ, verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is what? Our fortress, our refuge, our high tower. Hallelujah. The question is this. Why would the psalmist declare this truth? Why would he say these things? Because as for trouble, nobody can avoid trouble in this world. If we don't want trouble, then go to heaven quick, die and go. You know that. This earth, as long as you are in this body, <laughs> you can't avoid trouble. Jesus said, in this world, you shall face what? Tribulations. Tribulations. But be of chill, my friend, because I have overcome. So the issue is not the trouble. The issue is who do you believe? The Almighty is your strength. So you relax. Whilst others are raging and troubled and cannot sleep, you go to bed peacefully. For I lay me down and he gives me sleep. He gives his beloved sleep. Whilst others are taking Prozac to survive. So say, what is Prozac? It's a sleeping tablet. If you take it, don't worry. God will heal you. Hallelujah. There's more medicine in the word of God. The psalmist wrote it because we all go through painful situations in life and circumstances. We all do. Everybody does, including Jesus himself. I'm sure even God himself goes through some. We give God lots of headaches. So God also has a trouble. Everybody does. Either as an individual, as a family, as a church, even as a nation. Look at what Ukraine is going through. There's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of trouble in different places, in families, in individuals' lives, and in churches. Trouble happens. It's unavoidable. I want to settle that. So never pray, God, I don't want any trouble. Where do you get that prayer from? It's nowhere in the scriptures. You pray, Lord, give me strength to go through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of You will go through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. The Lord is my refuge. The key is whether God is truly your God or your emotions or whatever. You have to decide. It's a choice. It's a judgment call. People go through things. Nobody is exempt from trouble in this world. Nobody. No country, no nation. Look at what we're going through. You can't even pay the gas bill now. It's trouble. The economy is in trouble. True or not true? Our budgets are being shaken. True or not true? Look, life is what we call cyclic. Everything repeats itself. It's not new. There's nothing new under the sun. What is important is make judgment call. You learn from history and history will inform you what to do. Students of history are the best people. Ah, history is my favorite subject. You have to learn history. You can predict things without even being a prophet and know the end of things easily because everything has already been and will be and shall be. This is we're written for our world. Example that we may learn from them and not repeat the same things. Is there? Written in Corinthians and in Romans. Are you here? So we all go through trouble. Let me use some uh, biblical examples. Have we seen the trouble of Joseph before? His own brother sold him. Hello? And you're the pastors. Have, have people in the church spoken against you before, Mecca? Anything? 
your own church member that you love and pray for they speak against you. So please don't 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 be disturbed. There's nothing new under the sun. You want to be great, be ready for trouble. Oh, am I preaching to you? Joseph's own brothers from his own home, they decided that this is our brother, eh? we will sort him out. He thinks he's somebody. He alone, he thinks he's so special. Let's sell him. They sold him. He goes to a place. He's working. Now, this, has, this is somebody who loves God. Though. Not somebody who did not love God. You on the watching me here. People who love God go through a lot of trouble. For many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him. Out. You know, when people are serving, they say, I'm serving, I'm doing everything, everything should be okay. Where do you get that? Do you read the Bible? The more you serve God, because the Bible says this in Timothy, those who live righteously and godly shall suffer persecution. So if you understand this, you are going through persecution. It makes you relax because you understand you have the knowledge. Joseph, so by, he goes and is helping a man run his household and his wife also puts him more into a more what? Trouble. He goes to prison, he helps people and they all forget. He more trouble. The trouble just keeps on multiplying. That's why God has said he's going to be a great person. What trouble have you been through? What are you going through? Faint not. The Almighty has got power for you. We can talk about David. The day he was anointed, his trouble started. Before he was anointed, he was in the wilderness watching sheep, singing songs to the Lord. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Then he was anointed king. Oh, from that day, for 15 years, trouble. David said, I would have fainted if I did not believe in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You will faint if you don't believe the goodness of the Lord in times of trouble. David went through. He kicked Goliath. You think everything will be okay. No, no. That's his trouble just, you see, the more good at times you do, the more your trouble just what? Multiplies. But if you don't have discernment and judgment, you will insult God. What kind of God is this that I serve? And this happened and that happens. I like what Job said. Shall we serve God because he does good and does not do evil to us? God wants to tell somebody, we serve God in darkness and in light, good or bad, evil or good. He's worthy to be served. Hallelujah. If you understand this, you are, you are settled in life. Let the mountains move. Let everything rage around me. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Even in death you sustain me. For they that believe in me shall not see death. He told Mary and Martha. For I am the resurrection and the life. Don't let the Bible become theory to you, please. Don't let the Bible church become some rituals that we just come and go. It must become very rare to you. Or just forget it and go and serve the devil somewhere. And just serve yourself. Yes, become that. Look, if you want to serve God, follow God. Get to know him. Pursue him. With everything in your heart. Or you have, or you can get a bit mental. I'm telling you, you have to decide. You are in all out. Or you are not. You can't have one foot here and one foot under. You will be confused. You will trouble your soul. I can give you more story. 
Daniel, his friends. You can read them yourself. Just go to the Bible, Abraham, Moses, and just see people who were great. Who, in fact, the greater your trouble, the more destiny is upon your life. Those who don't go through anything, their destiny is not big. Oh, yeah, take it from me. The more trouble you go through, it means that God has got something very what? Big for you. If you are not going through anything, you are not a candidate for anything. Hmm? What are you going to say? What will your testimony be? Are you here? We can talk about family level troubles. I'm just saying that trouble is, you know, Rebecca and Rachel, they couldn't give birth. They were barren for years. And at times you wonder, these are godly people. Hello? So I cannot serve God and be barren. Family trouble, they were not giving issues in the family. Yes, they went through that. But God glorified himself. Rachel gave birth to who? The two powerful what? Saint Joseph and who? Benjamin. Rebecca gave birth to who? Sorry? Isaac. Hannah gave birth to who? Samuel. They were great people. The more you have trouble, it means that you are going to give birth to somebody who will be very unique and special, if you can believe God. You know, it was said of the rival of Hannah. Hannah's rival was called Peniah. She was just giving birth like something. No, the children were just coming. Hannah, nothing was coming. But Hannah gave birth to just one child. That's Samuel, one of the greatest prophets ever. Whose word, not, no word of his fell to the ground. We don't hear of Peniah's children, do we? Yes. But we hear of Samoa. Is somebody here? When you are going through trouble, do not faint. I told you about national trouble. The Bible is replete of that. Natural history is full of that. World war, economic problems, wrong leaders, just puts a whole country into trouble. Jehoshaphat one day minding his own business. Things were just running smoothly. He was loving God. Then all of a sudden, and three armies came against him, very powerful armies. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, and Jehoshaphat feared. Cool, he feared. But when he feared, he made a judgment call. He went to the stronghold and called the whole nation to fasting and prayer. Do you have any trouble in your family? You call for fasting and prayer. And that's for the men here. You must lead your families very well. The amen is not strong. I didn't hear the men say amen. When there's trouble in the home, you don't know an answer to something. You should organize the family into prayer and fasting. That's leadership. You don't see them morose watching TV from morning TV. I don't know what to do. Hey, hey, sweetheart, what are you going to do? You, the man talking like that. You need help. <laughs> Joshua called for fasting and prayer. The whole nation prayed. They said, God, are you not Lord God? Don't you rule over all? Look at you gave us this prophet, and this person are coming to take it. What are you going to do about it, oh God? And as they fasted and prayed, all the day, then God spoke through his prophet. said, fear not, oh Jehoshaphat. For the battle is the Lord's. God will fight for you. Hallelujah. These enemies you see, you shall see them no more. 
all the troubles and the challenges you see, if you can go to God and cry to God, you shall see them no more. Tomorrow, go against them in the valley of such and such. I am with you. Jehoshaphat believed. It wasn't God who told him to lead the army with singing. But Jehoshaphat, because he believed God, if you believe God, you believe God. He led the worship team to lead an army. Have you seen a worship team? I think the olden time they used to do that. When you watch the old time, when the British, when they used to fight, they used to go with music first. I used to wonder, what madness is that? We are going to kill each other and start with music. <laughs> you should just stir them up, whatever. They do that. Praise the Lord, for he is good. That was the song they were singing. They were not even singing, God, kill our enemies. So, Praise the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy is endures forever. Can, can you imagine such a song? You see, at times, our understanding of how God of And now, as they began to sing, God sent ambushment and let the people kill each other. Your enemies will kill each other. They will destroy each other. If you believe in the Lord your God, those who rise up against you, right in the midnight, God will cause them confusion in their midst. Yes. If you do what Jehoshaphat So, I'm just establishing the fact that trouble is inevitable in life. Whether on a personal level, family level, whatever level, it's there. We can't, you can't avoid it. It's there. Tell your neighbor it is there. So, stop whining. <laughs> you have to stop whining. When there's trouble, <laughs> yeah, you have to say, I'm trading my sorrow. I'm trading my, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. You are going through a lot of trouble. Don't be anxious about anything. But in all things, with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your requests be known. And the peace of God more than Prozac, that passes all understanding, will guard your heart and give you peace. Have you been there before? Okay. So let me just give you maybe a few reasons. Huh. A few reasons why we faint. It's good to know why we faint. Knowledge helps you to be able to make proper judgments. Number one, why we faint? Because of lack of knowledge. When you lack I'm not talking about head knowledge. When you lack heart knowledge, even people who believe in God, fear can come to them. There's nothing wrong. We all can be afraid of things, true or not true, no matter who you are. That's why the Bible says fear not about 365 times. But the question is, if you allow the fear to overrule you and overwhelm you, it means that you lack knowledge. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, I read from the New Living Translation. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Can you imagine? Melanie, God is saying, my people, not the devil's people, my own people. Like parents are the best one to understand these things if you have children. You know that your child, eh, if you are giving them counsel and advice to do this and they are not taking, you know that they are destroying their life. You just know it, true or not true. That's what God is trying to say. My people are destroyed. They are into bondage because they don't know me. 
Isaiah 5 verse 13 says this. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Simple. Your lack of revelation knowledge makes you behave a certain way. True or not true? You think that if your wife insults you, the best way to insult her back or slap her, you, that is the knowledge you have because you saw it at home. But they cannot tell another secret. A lot of our troubles come from our childhood. A lot of adult problems stem from childhood trouble. Childhood traumas. Yeah, plenty, in fact, almost all of it. That is why the Bible is very critical how to bring up children sane and correct. Then they will have happy homes, better homes than you did. If you don't take effort and invest and do that and pray. But do another thing. The best gift you can give your children is prayer. Because you can talk to your blue in the face like pastors we do. Unless God change the person, my friend, we are just wasting our time. It's the same thing for your children. The best thing you can do is neology. You must go on your knees fast once a week at least for your children. That they fulfill their destiny. You have to ward off all the wolves that want to attack your children. I know what parents do. They are more interested in buying them Nintendo. That's the pastor John, your old school Nintendo. That's it. Yeah, PlayStation 5. I'm, I'm in the flow. <laughs> I'm very modern. PS5. Buy them the latest phone, Twitter, Snapchat, nonsense. And you are feeding on it. And you are not feeding them the word. You are setting them for a downfall. I'm no joking. I wish we can just sit here and just talk the whole day. Just talk. You know? And face reality. And not deceive ourselves. Whilst you are not deliberate, intentional about raising your children, somebody is. Twitter is doing it. Snapchat is doing it. TikTok. What else? Instagram. Yeah, it is. You, do, you have no idea. The devil doesn't come with red horns. He's so smart. And our children are having identity crisis. Comparing themselves. Trying to be something else. Whilst the parents are snoring, whilst men slept, an evil person came and sowed evil seed. Yes. Whilst men slept. Parents, are you sleeping? Are you deliberate to raise your children up spiritually? Do Bibles pray with them? Teach them the ways of the Lord? Deuteronomy chapter 6. Bible talks about how to raise the children with the word of God. In your uprising, in your down-sitting, in the street, everywhere. It is there. The instructions are there. So that when they grow, they will not depart. But we are very busy making money. Or we are very busy with convenience. I'm watching my football game. I don't have time for Johnny. <laughs> God help us. It's the same thing with us, the pastors as well. Instead of praying for the church members, you are sleeping. Saying you are tired. Hmm? Instead of going on retreat three days praying for the church members. Because you should pray more for the church members. You should intercede more for them. Or the wolves will get them. Oh, Lord. You know how wolves get if you learn about the shepherd? Uh, next time, I, when I'm talking with the pastor, we can talk about that one. But lack of what? No. You need knowledge. Without knowledge, you see, I can 
That's why in the, the white people, when they enslaved the blacks, they didn't want them to go to school. You know why? Because when they have knowledge, they will be liberated. Because knowledge empowers. Because if you think the people are fools, they are stupid. Then let them have the same knowledge you have and let's see. But they knew that when you enlighten people, they will be liberated. It's the same thing Satan does. If he can keep you away, if he can keep you away from the true knowledge of God, he can always defeat you easily. Are you here? Then the other one, lack of trust in God. I tell people when I'm visiting you for a service, you give me one hour, 30 minutes. Don't give me 40 minutes. <laughs> Amen. So I can discharge properly. The last time one lady said, Pastor John, you preach too long. <laughs> yes. Because after I'm left and gone, you can go and listen to the message word over. And because listening to it once doesn't help. You know that. You have to hear the word over and over and over again. Sometimes it's good to discharge everything. You know. Somebody say, I can summarize all my message in one sentence. Regardless of trouble, trust in God. That's my message. That's all. The rest is just details. <laughs> Every pastor should be able to summarize the message in one sentence. Mm, and I've summarized it. You will go through trouble, but trust in God and all shall be well. Case closed. That's my summary of this message. Lack of trust in God. I don't have time to go through the scriptures to tell you that people who don't trust in God are under a curse. And they were afraid of witches and this witch and this madness. There's curse and there's order. What do you mean by that? Huh? <laughs> Lack of trusting in God itself is a form of curse. You want me to show you in the Bible? Anytime anybody tells you anything, tell them, can you show me in the Bible? Yeah, I'm a biblical person. I'm a word man. Nick, you remember? Yes, we've been walking this journey for long. <laughs> so let me just show you, if, give you two scriptures and I'll move on. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. Two evils. My people. I like God. You know, when you read the Bible, man, the people do even don't read the Bible. You know that people do all that they see is WhatsApp messages. It's your day of blessing. It's a day of revelation. You see, all those things is not. <laughs> and it doesn't help you. You need the word. Everything you receive, I'm sure your WhatsApp message is a new month or breakthrough. But it's not happening. It's more than that. Listen to the my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me. How do you forsake God? Please, serving God is not just acknowledging that God exists. No, it's your whole lifetime I show that you are serving God. When somebody slaps, you turn the other cheek. If husbands and wives will practice, that wouldn't the home be a beautiful place? I'm not getting a man from the couples. Hmm? Yesterday, I was talking to a friend of mine, married over 20, so he said, you've never had any unnecessary challenge. Because one day I sat my wife down. Early saying, I told her, this house, eh, we want peace. We don't want any what? Arguments and trouble in this house. That's what we want. So we must do everything to have that peace. Now, for there be trouble, one of us have to bring it. And now I'm telling you, it will not come from me. When you bring it, I will not participate in it. I will go for a walk. When I come down, call me. Because I don't want what? Unnecessary wahala in the house. Where you can't have peace. Yeah. And they said, we've never had it. Not that there will not be any issues. I tell my wife, if you start it, you know, verbal 
diarrhea. No what verbal diarrhea is. You two da 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 bar the football is over the bar. Bar then this one's I've seen that before in the home. <laughs> Just words. I don't want that in this house. If you bring me, I will not participate. I don't want that. When you start, I'm out of here. I'm going for I want peace. No, you need peace of mind. But unfortunately, like I said, our childhood hasn't helped us. So some people cannot. Yes, they can't. It's very sad. But the word of God can change you and I if we want it to. Yeah. And the wife said, yes. The wife was away for about a week. Then called the husband. Say, husband. You know, he went to relatives, eh? his sister. And they had a lot of fights. Say, I want to come back to my husband <laughs> where there is peace in the home. <laughs> that is a good testimony after 20-something years of marriage. Because for some people, the older the marriage gets, the more they take each other for granted and there's trouble in the house. The older the marriage gets, the more sweeter and sweeter. It's like walking with God. The more closer you get to God, the better. And, but for some people, the older it gets, the more funny. That is a sign something is wrong. That's a sign that judgments in the house is wrong. The amen is not coming at all. <laughs> Lack of trust in God. Woe to those who go down to Egypt and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many. You know, people trust in all manner of things. I have this uncle here. I've got this money saved here. I've got that person there. They trust in those things. And God said, woe is people who trust in those things. Look, the Bible is true. Because God does not want to share his glory with any person. With any person. You trust God or don't trust him. By the way, can I tell you something? It's a choice you have to make. One of the things I've learned, the secret of the Christian life is this. Use your will to choose to trust God. You don't have to feel something. Now I feel like trusting God. You know, when worship is going and the music is nice, I trust God. When the music goes and you are going alone and the sun is hitting you and then the, the thing comes to your mind, then you say, I don't trust God. Now, choose to trust God. Use your will to believe God. It's as simple as that. Amen. Uh, my time is up. I'm not even there. I have to come and complete this message. So, if you give me the opportunity, I'll be here. Shall we stand? What I want you to do is this. Regardless of any challenge that you have, regardless of any trouble that you and I are going through, if you can find space to believe the Lord your God, the circumstance can change, no matter what it is. How? By believing in the Almighty. Don't believe in yourself. Don't believe in yourself. Please, don't believe in yourself. Turn. Your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things, all the trouble of you face, will grow strangely dim in the light of his power and glory. Put your eyes on Jesus. Set your eyes. Say, Lord, I have nobody but you alone. Jesus is the answer for my trouble today. Personalize it. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the answer. 
Yes. Jesus. I'm just telling you, Jesus. 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 Jesus loves you. He wants to help you. He wants to lift you. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. He wants to calm the storms. Turn your eyes upon him. Call upon him. Say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, I have nobody but you alone. Talk to him right now. Help me, Lord. Say, help me, Jesus. Help me, please. Help me, Lord. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Father, help. Help CLF Medway. Help us. Help CLF. Help our families. Help us individuals. Help us, oh God. Our eyes are upon thee, oh God. We know you are God who never fails. We know you are God who rules over the affair. All power belongs to you. You have never failed, and you will never fail. For we know that all things is working together for our good. Because we love you and we are called according to your purpose. Talk to him. Don't make him too small. Don't belittle God. Your life is in God. Your strength is in the Lord. Your victory is in Jesus Christ. He alone can make a way for you. He can cause an amazing testimony in your life. Just trust him. Put your eyes. You may have children that may be going wayward. Put your eyes on Christ. Trust God to touch that child. Trust God. You don't have the power, but God can make a difference in that child's life. Trust him. Believe him. That child has got a destiny. Has got a purpose. Put your eyes on Christ. Intercede. Hold God to his word. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you. Oh, Lord, you are so wonderful. How great thou art. Is there anything too hard for you? Absolutely nothing. You made the heavens and the earth. You rule over all. Power belongs to you. I pray for your people, Lord. In the mighty name of you, let yokes be broken. Lord, we cast every care upon you, for you care for us affectionately. You care for us. We thank you, Father. We put our confidence in you. Because you hold the future. Hallelujah. Put your eyes on Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths and make room for you. God bless you. You may take your seats. Amen.